Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present. We have a great guest for you today. He's uh, an, ima- an imaginative young man because he's come up with something that I think is really going to be helpful for a lot of people. And it's a real easy thing to do. Um, and if you go to his website, which is website is um, uh, is love loves roll. No, wait a minute. Um, yeah, loves chimney <laughs> Christmas, Paul. Loves roll at dot com, and uh, it's that's, no, that's not, that's not it. It's lo- roll of love dot com. I didn't know. I didn't realize I was dyslexic suddenly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had absolutely no idea. Every day is a new day. I know. So give us the uh, website again. Rolloflove.com. R-O-L-E of love.com. And I love that. I I, I love the rolloflove.com very much. And I want to introduce a new person to the show. Her name is is, uh, Tanya. And uh, um, hey, Hey, young lady, how you doing? Good. How are you? Hi, Paul. We, we are good. And you, you get to meet Paul for the very first time, so it's yeah. it's it's pretty cool. If, by the way, if you want to go and explore the uh, last podcast and uh, radio show we did, you can go to positivetalkradio.net, and it's all right there. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, what he does, and uh, and because uh, Kayatana is here, we're going to introduce. Uh, she's got some questions, and we're going to introduce a whole. A different uh, uh, way of presenting your material today, so it'll be fun. Um, and so, Paul, if, could you first of all explain where the program came from, and what 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 got it into your mind to do that? Program came from kind of an event that I had in my life about 15 years ago when I was dating someone. This was after my first marriage failed. I was dating someone got serious with her, and I'm number 10 of 11 children. I always have to have big brother approval. And I took this woman up to my brother's house, and first thing that happened is my sister-in-law pulled her aside and said, the only emotion that the Zolman family learned growing up was anger. First I said, oh, uh-huh. Then it made me mad. And <laughs> from that situation, I realized that I was on the angry side of a stick. I was on the angry side of a spectrum that I didn't want to be on. I realized that if there's an opportunity to change that perception of the Zolman family, now was the time. That's kind of where it came from. I, I started working, uh, looking for uh, ways to love, looking for information about it, kind of settled on the five love languages that was written back in the early 90s by Dr. Gary Chapman. I got to ask you, because if that was kind of your family's way and that's, you know, that some families are just that way, they're loud and they, and they, and they talk uh, loud and they, and they um, are argumentative and that kind of stuff. What made it, what made it for you that you wanted to get out of that? Because that's how everybody was. Well, I wanted to distance myself from that, Kevin, for good reasons. Number one, I feel that that was contributory to the demise of my first marriage. And I, I thought, it, maybe it's me. And and realize that maybe I've got to improve myself to be able to make relationships happen just a little bit better. I was single at the time when I created this. And, uh, and Dr. Chapman says that you should love your significant other. I didn't have a significant other at that time. Didn't know one around. So I said, what the heck am I going to do? And, and I realized I just have to love everyone. And it was really kind of serendipitous that I had to love everyone because I didn't have that significant other. I was looking for that character change. I was looking for something different in my life, something other than anger. And you know, I thought about opposites and, and the antonym of anger and just love came to mind. So that's the direction I wanted to go. I already knew the the language of anger. I already knew the humor of anger, the put downs, the the sarcasm. I already knew all that. The vocabulary, everything was already ingrained in me. I was well trained in that first. 
I, I needed something else. I knew that there had to be something a whole lot better than than anger as a background. I, th- I think that's spectacular because so many of us, we d- we are longing to change who we are or change our behavior, but haven't got any idea how. In the process that you went through to learn this, can you give a, our audience, some people that are listening today, some tips on some of the things that you did to really make a radical change in how you behaved and 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 how you related to other people. Kim, that's a great question, and I think that I that it, that point in time that my sister-in-law identified our family on the angry side of of the spectrum, that was a self-actualization moment for me. And I think the audience members also will need a self-actualization moment. Where am I at on the spectrum is what I'm talking about. And wherever you're at, if you can see that you could be worse at anger, I'm talking about the angry and love spectrum. If you're closer to anger and you want to get toward love, you have to do loving things. You have to learn the languages of love. And I had to figure out how to do that. You know, I, I went through Dr. Gary Chapman's book four or five times when I read it, and I just went through it. It didn't go through me. If you would have offered me a million dollars to name the five love languages after I read the book, I'd lose it. I'd only I'd maybe come up with three, and and I really maybe not even three. I didn't really get it, and I didn't really understand it that well. I understood enough to know that if I guess Kevin what your love language is, and I cater to that, we're going to be buddies. But I'm a bad guesser, Kevin. And, and he taught, I, I, I couldn't guess what your love language is. I'm just, and that was the problem with the relationship. So I didn't really have that, that vibe or whatever it was, whatever you call that. I didn't have that, that perception or that, that uh, discipline to understand the love languages of others because of where I came from. Well, and the second thing that Dr. Chapman had was, well, if you take this survey, you can find out what your love language is. Well, what do I do with that? Advertise? Hello, we're on we're on positive talk radio. I can advertise. I'm gifts. What do you have for me today? And I hope that people just send gifts to me. I mean, it's it's almost a ridiculous request that you'd advertise that, and it just it's awkward. It's just really awkward. I mean, you could put a button on and wear a button around, I guess, that said my love language is and whatever you want that day, and just change buttons and, and make them colorful that would match your outfit or whatever, but that's not really, that, that really wouldn't be love either. So I was really looking for the principles of love. And I found found that the best way to do it is to give it away without any expectation, trusting in the universe, the universal laws that are already in place. The law of the harvest, the law of karma, or the law of attraction. Any one of those laws will bring it back to you after many days. You don't, you don't sit there and wait for it. And you don't sit around your house waiting for love. You give it out. You give it away. That, that, that's really cool. Hey, young lady, have you, uh, when you were growing up, were, were you was your family passionate and argumentative or was everybody docile and loving? Uh, I think my family, we're pretty pretty close family. We don't fight that much. Uh, we we dance a lot and we, we're very loud. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of suspected you might be. So yeah, just, you know, whenever we're together, it's dancing around. It's yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> did you have a question for Paul? I know you prepared some. Yes, I wanted to know um, uh, what uh, and your what do you think are the common misconceptions about the five love languages that you'd like to clarify? The conversations about the five love language and to clarify them. Well, a lot of the conversations that you'll hear about the five love languages is that, well, if my love language is this, say it's physical touch, and if I give physical touch away, there's an expectation that will come back. And that that is what I call a transaction. And that's, to me, that's a, a business transaction. Like, let's make a deal. I mean, it's just, and it's not love. So as I described it, it's sending it out without any expectation of coming back. And then watch when people light up. And when people light up, 
that's when you've discovered what their love language is. You know, um, and, and for those of you that have not read, first of all, I think the five love languages, the book, and I've interviewed, um, I've interviewed him, the author in the past. Um, I think it's a great place to start. Absolutely. But, but it's not a great place to finish uh, because there's so much more to it than mm -hmm. just that. And Ketana, let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, I don't know in your, in your significant other life, mm -hmm. how does your significant other show that they love you? Is it by bringing you flowers? Is it by doing things around the house? Is it by uh, giving you a compliment? What, what, what is it that, that as far as love languages goes, would, would be your, you know, your, your issue that would make you the happiest? Uh, definitely. Um, all of the above, but my favorite is uh, physical touch. Ah, yeah. So, so as an example, no, so your love language is physical touch. And as long as your partner is with you and wants to physically touch, then you're good. Now, his <laughs> may be that um, I want my dinner uh, at, at six o'clock every night. And if you make my dinner at six o'clock every night, that means you love me. And <laughs> so as long as you guys are doing that, those two things, then you're doing fine. But Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's when your love language is different and he doesn't catch the, those signs of what, by the way, I think most men would say physical touch. I'm all in, I'm all in. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think that, that if, uh, if your love language was different and, um, and he wasn't satisfying whatever that love language is, then you tend to go he doesn't love me anymore because he's not giving me the physical touch where he may say dinner was late tonight and you you and you gave me a tv dinner uh that's that's not love <laughs> Is it, Paul, am i am i kind of correct in that you're absolutely right on kevin and i i think that i've, I've created something that really kind of can mitigate that i've created a, a cube that has the love languages on it so what I what I do with this cube, this is this is gifts. It has a hand with the, holding a gift. This one is two hands touching. That would be touch. This one is the words. With the words was was actually a heart with a conversation flower. This is a hand holding an hourglass that would uh, designate time, and then a hand holding a platter designating service. Um, five love languages, six, six sides on the cube. This one has surprised me. So yeah. there's just two instructions with this. You roll the die every day. That's the love language you practice giving away all day that day. So over a period of 30 days, Kevin, you learn all five love languages. So that, that problem that you're just uh, talking with Ketana about is that, that it allows you to be able to see it when it's coming your way and acknowledge it and respond appropriately but you're giving it away and watching for people to light up. You're using your observation skills now. No longer is you have to say, excuse me, could we pause this relationship for just a moment while you take this survey so I know how to love you? I mean, it's just that's kind of awkward, and we don't have to do that anymore. You use your observation skills. Watch for people to light up. Well, and the really cool thing about that is that it's not dependent upon another human being. It is. It's not dependent upon anybody. It's dependent upon you and, and going deep inside of yourself because uh, you may have a physical uh, partner. You may not, uh, but you can still be kind to everybody and you can still practice these love languages and learn them. Now, doesn't that make you a better person just, just in general? I think it absolutely would make you a better person. You're watching for what's right about people. What can you love about that person? You know, one, one of the things I discovered, Kevin and Ketana, along my, my journey is that I was watching for what's wrong with that person and then going down that critical path. I was, and I was feel, feel, it felt like I was trying to get into their space, trying to make decisions for them when it's none of my business and it's totally out of my control. Once I realized that, I said, well, I got to stay in my lane. Things that I have control in, about love is giving it away and responding when it comes my way. 
I don't have any control of anything else anybody else is doing about it. All I have, that's the only thing that I have control over. Once I realize that's my lane and stay in it, it makes it a whole lot easier to be that person that watches for the positive. I found that by doing that, watching for the positive, I was so busy that I stopped being annoyed at what other people were doing. Because I, I was watching, I was looking the other direction. It's like it's, if you, you've heard your parents say they have eyes in the back of their head, they see yeah. everything. I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want those eyes in the back of my head. I didn't. I wanted to focus in one direction, and that is focusing on the good that people have. And I think that most people are really intrinsically good, maybe 10% bad, maybe 20% faults or weaknesses. But for the most part, they're really, really good people. And they try. And, and they try. And, and hey, Kaytana, doesn't this make a lot of sense to you? Definitely. I have a question for you. Um, can you share some examples of how the game has impacted people's relationships and their ability to communicate love effect, effect, effectively? Absolutely. <laughs> That's a great question. And I tested this with a family of five children. And the, the youngest was a, a little four-year-old boy, several uh, several brothers, one, one sister that were older. And one day, the, the little four-year-old, he learned all the, all the symbols on the die or on the, on the cube, he learned them all. And one day he rolled physical touch and he's jumping up and down and pumping his fists and saying, yay, physical touch, physical touch. And immediately went to beat up on his brothers. <laughs> he thought that was permission for him to do that. But in addition to that, he thought, well, his brothers were beaten up on him because he's the young, youngest boy. They were beaten up on him. He thought that was love. So the, the mother tried to suppress all the laughter because she was not expecting that. And so she's suppressing the laughter. But at the same time, she, it becomes a teaching moment that, no, son, this would be appropriate physical touch. You can hug. You can do the high five. You can do a fist bump. And it became a teaching moment, not only for that four-year-old, but for the whole family as they were all right there. Oh, that's super that makes it makes know, such a, yeah exactly i think most families should practice this every family hmm. i would love to practice i saw i mean when i i was i i i was researching you and i saw your page and i think i love i love to get that for me because i i was i read a book about uh, this uh, um, japanese um uh, philosophy that is called ichigo ichie and it means that you have to enjoy the moment uh, the right now. For example, you go out with a good friend of yours, and um, <clears throat> and you and you go to a restaurant. At the end, you you tell you say your friend ichigo ichie, which means this moment I had a good time with you, but this moment will never repeat again. Meaning mm -hmm. that that particular moment will never repeat. You're gonna see each other again, but at that moment it's not gonna be repeated. And so in that book, they explain about like choosing things to do in order to enhance your life with the dice. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, have questions written that mean a lot to you and then have the dice and then whatever number it falls, you do that that day. And so this reminds me a lot of your, your, um, uh, your dice game. And I think it's super cool and I'd love to get it. Sure, that that would be a hack for for my for my game. That uh, you could use you could use the die if you had the book. Uh, you could download the book on Amazon. It's on Audible. If you had the book, you can roll a regular die and just put put a numerical system to the six sides of that I have on the die, and then just whatever number it rolls up rolls. Then that's what you choose. But yeah, I've had I've heard people say that they could do it that way, and it's fine. But that's not nearly as much fun. It isn't. It, it isn't as much fun. And let me tell you why. Because when I say the word elephant, you're not seeing in your mind E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T. You're seeing the picture. So this die has pictures on it that will last all day long. So the benefit of having the pictures on the die or on, on the cube is that it's going to stay with you all day long. You, and it's something that you can teach little children too. That that little boy, he absolutely knew that that symbol was for physical touch. He didn't. He couldn't read. Four years old, he was not a reader quite yet. 
but the start of reading is to memorize what the pictures mean. That's what where the value of this die is, the value of the cube. You know, Paul, what I suggest and that um, what I suggest you make next is a, um, a roll the die journal. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. I just happen to have one right here with me. <laughs> so, so it, what it what it records is what you rolled over here, what opportunities you saw to love in that way, and what you did about those opportunities. It actually becomes a love journal. And I found that when I look at a blank page and try to write in a journal, that my mind goes completely blank. What the heck did I do today? This is very specific. How did I love that day? And it's easy that if you focus on that be the main focus of your full day is whatever you're doing, whether you're working, whether you're with, with your family, with, with, with your friends, whatever you're doing, you've got this attitude of loving. Record it. Your children will, will thank you. Your grandchildren will thank you. I would have loved to have a journal like that from my mother or my grandmother. Instead, I got a journal about the weather, the weather 60 years ago. Who cares about what the weather was like 60 years ago? That is, that is so true. You know, and, and I was just thinking to myself, when would be a good time to do this? And I would be thinking that when the family is um bustling around in the morning and everybody's getting ready and and where you're making breakfast and stuff and you take a moment and you plan this this would be i think this would be really cool tell me what you think you plan this moment as your family uh whether it's you and and your daughter or or you've got 12 or you've got whatever and then everybody gathers together and everybody rolls the uh, cube and then that you can talk about it for just a minute about how you're going to act that and enact that that day and then you go about doing it and then when you get to be together at dinner time um then you can talk about what you what happened that day and what phenomenal stories you created uh because and then you've accomplished two important things you've done the uh the role of the die and the, and the role of the uh, cube so that you're on track for the day and then you're coming together as again again as a family and spending a couple of meaningful moments not in a, in front of the TV watching TV while you're eating. What do you think, Paul? I love that, Kevin, and I, it teaches it teaches the children responsibility. They're responsible for their own actions. It's not their parents. It's not who the principal at the school hovering over them, make sure making sure they do the right thing. They have to decide they're going to be loving all day that day. They're watching their own behavior. They're not going to misbehave. They know they have to report at the dinner table that night. I love it. Thank you, Kevin. Well, isn't, that, isn't that cool? <laughs> okay, here's the major, major, major test uh, to see if this will work. Is uh, Kaitana's got a 13-year-old daughter, about to be 14. Do you think you could convince her to do this, or would she be like, oh, Mom, knock it off? That's a good question. Ketana, what do you think? Um, I think she will, uh, uh, even though moody, she will play along. Yes. She'll be, okay, yeah, let me do it. And then I will go like, hey, kissy, kissy, kissy. And she will smile like, oh, leave me alone. But she will do it. <laughs> I think they would, would do it, Kevin. And I think that teenagers teenagers really want to learn the, the finer parts of life. And I, I think that if they want to get to the finer parts of love, they have to do this. And what I found when I became angry, I was stair-stepping and stacking all those angry things until I had a flash. When I'm loving, it's very similar that I'm stacking kindness upon kindness upon kindness. This is the basic or the stair steps to get to higher laws of love, like compassion, like forgiveness, like charity, like intimacy, empathy, or or sympathy, any of those higher laws of love, you've got to kind of walk across this bridge to get there. And I think that, you know, just think of it, if you're trying to get forgiveness from someone and you're still doing mean things to that person and they're, you, you think they're going to forgive you, you think you're going to get that gift of love, that gift of love from them, of forgiveness, if you're still doing mean things to them, it's not going to happen. 
You have to have up those stair steps of, of kindnesses along the way to get there. Same thing with intimacy. The best intimacy, and I can testify this, I have eight children. The best intimacy comes when when you stack these these works of kindness one on top of another, and then you'll get to that next level. By the way, Paul, there's a joke in there someplace, but I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate your, your withholding there and, and just uh, holding back. Because I tell you, uh, never mind. I'm not gonna, I'm, I'll, I'll go down that road. And I'm not going to. Um, but, you know, but I was just thinking about this as well. This is a great teaching tool for kids. Absolutely. Um, and like a teenage boy, um, the um, quality of, of, of proper touch. Meaning that, that you know, because, uh, you know, Kaitana, I know you haven't been a teenage boy, but let me tell you, that's all they're thinking about is touching stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> be a gentleman. I when I was young, I didn't want to touch stuff. <laughs> and, and so teaching teaching them how to be how to be respectful and and positive and proper in how they're addressing other people, especially with touch, is, is really as is an important aspect of, of teaching them how to grow up to be responsible men I, lo I love what you're doing paul i think this is great thank you kevin yeah, it's really a fun fun journey and you know it's it's just um comes down to kind of comes down to this that what you magnify and i, I always carry a magnifying glass so whatever you magnify is going to grow bigger who would want to in their right mind even that most people don't even think about it but who in their right mind would want to magnify the faults of another person that's that's a boomerang coming right back at you and it's going to come back 10 times faster because it has the gravity flow you throw a boomerang up it's going slow up but when it comes back to you it's coming down it has a lot of speed coming back to you and it's going to hurt a lot worse it's going to be 10 times worse if you send that anger anger out or you send that criticism out we don't want to do that so we want to magnify what's right about people, the best parts of people, watch those grow. You don't want the, the weaknesses to grow. You want the, the good parts of people. I found that especially true with the children. The, I, I made the mistake of focusing on, why'd you do that? What'd you do that wrong for? And, and, and then it not only um, hurt them at that time, hurt their feelings, but it grew bigger. They, it felt, they felt like they only could do it wrong rather than I, I should have pulled back and said, would you like a suggestion of a maybe an alternate way to do that, that you might have a little bit more success? If I would have pulled back rather than being critical right away, I think that would accomplish more learning time. And I think that's a really a key point here is that this is going to reduce the behavior problems in a school situation. I'm testing it with K through six right now and so they roll the die at the beginning of the day at the um, and the teacher take it takes two seconds to do that. The teacher takes maybe 30 to 45 seconds to explain what what that looks like for that day. What kind of love language does that what kind of acts would be appropriate for that love language? At the end of the day, that child writes in the journal what what they rolled opportunities. They saw to love in that way, what they did about those opportunities. This child now is accountable. It took me to age 35, Kevin and Ketana, to realize that I'm responsible for my own actions. I was blaming my father for all the awkwardness, everything else that was going on in my life. I did not have to change because I had this blame game going on. It's his, his fault. You go talk to him about his problem because I'm doing the right thing. I felt like I was doing the right thing, but it was his problem. And as long as I could blame someone, I didn't have to change. I didn't have to do anything. I wasn't moving anywhere. Wasn't make, getting any better. Wasn't getting much worse. I didn't want that. And I didn't really want any change at the moment. This will help them be responsible for their actions because they have to report at the end of the day. Very similar to your, your idea, Kevin, of doing it at rolling it at breakfast and reporting at dinner. And yeah, and you, what you're talking about is one of the laws of attraction, which is whatever you resist persists. And so if you resist change and you're always going to be angry or you're going to not forgive, then you're not going to be forgiven. And, and it's important that you 
embrace change and then good things can happen. Uh, Kitana, do you have another question? Yes, I do. I wanted to know um, uh, what kind of uh, feedback or success story, well, I think you told me that already. Um, I wanted to know uh, how does the role of, um, uh, um, of love language help individuals better understand and express their preference love languages? How does it help them to express their love language? Yeah, they prefer love language. I think that the discovery for me has been that as I send it out, um, I'm, I'm finding a preference of what I like to send out. And I think everybody's got that as well. But as far as finding out my own particular love language, as I'm watching for it to come my way, mine has changed. You know, when I grew up, physical touch was what the, that's the only thing I knew about. Because if I wasn't being whacked, then I wasn't being loved. Very similar to that family of five children that I talked to you about. If I wasn't being being uh, punished for something and, and whacked in that way, I just did not feel that love. Now, what has changed to that, I still like physical touch, but obviously in appropriate ways. I what I've found though is I like the words. I like to I like to hear hear words of people describing. Um, uh, maybe a character trait that I might that I might have acquired, something that they see in me that I usually don't see in myself. Sometimes we're too close to the forest to be able to see the trees. And I know you have a lot of trees there in Washington where, you, where you're at, but it's just it's you can't you, you can't really see what you what you like until you're in that. As I'm sent send it out and it's coming back to me though and I've got that that peripheral vision now to be able to see it. I'm seeing that that words has real, has topped the list over physical touch, and I think it changes over time. And I think that that's going to happen to everybody here. That it's it may change from time to time. What I like about this, Kitana, is that the variety. You're sending out a variety of love in a, in a over a several period or several days at a time. It's always going to be different what you're sending out, and when you do that, it helps. Variety be the spice for life. It's going to help with your personal relationships quite a bit, and it's going to help with your other relationships because you're not acting the same way every day because you're watching for different opportunities in those days. Some days you'll light people up, and that same person might not light up on a different day, but you're just watching for them to light up and, and just taking a mental note of what their primary love language might be. It really is going to help those relationships as well. You know, one of these days I should do a survey, just like, a, you know, one of those man in the street kind of things. Mm -hmm. where you walk up to somebody with a microphone and say, describe for me the five love languages. I'm willing to bet you because that book's been out now for 20 some odd years. And sure. so it's not as popular as it was. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet that there's going to be a lot of people have no earthly idea what I'm even talking about by the five love languages. And this this would be a great way to introduce it to people and to remind them to use those five love languages in an easy way. So it's and even if you have dice, then you have to look up what it means and da, da, da. this is easy. You just roll it and go, roll it and go. It really is easy, and and it be, becomes top of mind, and that's what's really really needs to be top of mind. Rather than have the rage that's going on right now, everybody's angry just over a tiny tiny thing. Maybe you honked your horn, maybe you looked at them cross-eyed, whatever it was. They're really angry right now, and I think that we need to get back to having love at the top of the mind. This this should do it, and I, I agree with you, Kevin. I could give you some real numbers that possibly two in thirty people might be able to name all five love languages. And of that uh, 30, there's probably going to be five that have no idea what you're ever, even talking about. And of that of, of, the, of that 30, you're going to have about 20 that might know one or two, maybe a few that know three. But there's some real statistics there that you say love languages. Most people cannot name them all. Most people know what might know what they are. If they know the love language, they might know what they are. And that's really kind of we're developing a narcissistic society, or it's already been developed, that it's all about me, 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 about my love language. This application of the, the die and, and the, the rolling the cube is totally different. It's all about them now. No longer is it about you. 
So it's really a, a, that change change that way. And by by making it about them, you're learning all the love languages to give it away. And then uh, the cool thing there, guy, is that, um, and this goes back thousands of years, that it, what you give other people will come back to you. Um, and if you give them hate, if, I'll, I'll get, let me give you a, a, a cute little example. Kaitana's got a terrific smile. And I, she doesn't use it enough, but when she does, she can light up a room. Absolutely. I would agree. When she does that, it can change the entire um, vibration and energy within that room or within the show or whatever we're doing. And so it's, it's important that we all do that. And if, and, but in order to do that, it's, you need to be trained in how to do that. And this is a great training tool. Mm -hmm something that can be done every single day and you, when you think about even, even anybody that's going to a therapist they're trying to get their their life on track trying to have right mind thinking and and they're going to a therapist between those therapist appointments what are they going to do what is going to help them get from point a to point b this really is a daily daily conscious thing that you're doing every single day that's going to help move the needle just a little bit closer closer as you learn all five love languages, you're going to have a whole different world appear to you. It's going to be like that vocabulary word that you thought nobody ever, ever said it. You hear it, you learn it one day, next day you hear it all over the place. It was just, you weren't tuned into it. Once you're tuned into these five love languages, you'll see it coming your way all the time and be able to respond appropriately. You'll see people loving on you, They've been loving on you all this time, and you never recognized it. Exactly. And the interesting, for me, the interesting thing is, is that um, it can actually change the way your brain is wired. Um, I, I would love for you, I, I don't know if you've done any studies around that, but, but by changing your behavior on a daily basis, you can actually change the way your brain is wired. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, so that's so. If you want to, Kaitana, if you want to change your brain, do something different today than you did yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I learned that the other day. So, oh, you I, did? I like, yeah, but I, I like to learn. I like to learn something new every day. I, I made a um, um, part of my my journey. Every day I learn something new, and and I love learning new practices that enhance my my path and me as a professional as a human as a mom you know i was looking for ways to improve to better myself well and that's that's one of the reasons why i i like you a lot and i invited you on the show because you are um you really are working every day and that's why this this type of system that paul has created will be really beneficial for you and your daughter and and your your whole family and now and in the future and it doesn't go away you just keep doing it paul if somebody wants to get a hold of you how do they do it if somebody wants to get the cube or actually you know i don't know if you've heard christmas is coming up Oh yeah, Christmas might be a really nice time to get your whole family their own cube. Yeah. Um, so how does somebody order one of these? So I'm happy I have a special on my website. It's rolloflove.com, R-O-L-E of love.com. And I did a play on the words. R-O-L-L is what you do with the cube outside you. R-O-L-E is the change that happens within you. So we're really looking for that change to happen within. The bundle for the book the cube and the journal, three three items together is just $29.99. It's a whole lot less than just one therapy session and it'll last a whole lot longer. It really will change your the whole outlook on your life instead of watching for mistakes that people are making and focusing on that like the media, the print media and other media would have you do, you're focusing on what's right with that person. It's really gonna help your life. Remind me of um, we had a we had another another guest another guest the other day and she was talking about how she goes every day saying 
saying beautiful things to people and changing their changing their life and also making memories you know like because you 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 want to be memorable to them if you approach them with with a with um with a big smile and you say hello how's your day and you continue going or wishing them good or something like that you're creating a big impact on these, on these people and so they always remember the moment and illuminate mm-hmm. when i illuminate you're gonna feel make you feel good I love that. That's that's a great great idea to create memories with us. Yeah, sure. I love it. I think it's it's a beautiful present to give anyone. Kevin, I think you're on mute. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be on mute. That would be bad. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's to follow up on Katana's point, it, it's something that could last a lifetime. And, you know, the, the journal itself, um, you can you can spend your time journaling in that and then reviewing it and see you'll see changes in yourself from the beginning to the end. Absolutely. I, I like the whole idea that you can hand that down for generations. And it really becomes about a legacy. What what did what would have what did my parents love? What did my grandparents love? And, and if I would have loved to know that, just what was there to love during their time frame while they lived on the earth, and what did they do about those those opportunities that they had? I really would have loved to have something like that. You know what is so sad, and this is just a personal story, but what is so sad is that we have people all over the place. I live in a 55 plus community. Most of these people are older than me. I'm a young one here, <laughs> but, but they feel like they're, they're no longer valued that their life doesn't matter anymore because the people have passed them by normal people aren't asking them questions anymore, or seeking advice and, and things by putting it down in a journal or by doing, uh, I used to do something called legacy interviews and I would interview folks that were, older in life and about their lives. And then they, most of them had no idea how valuable their lives are by putting stuff in a journal like this. Mm. And you can share your wisdom with your grandkids, your great grandkids, your great, great grandkids. And that will continue your legacy far, far, far into the future. It's, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. My first books that I was, was writing, Kevin, were actually legacy books. The first one I done, um, first one I did was well, when I was 21 years old, and it was a legacy book about the life of a, a person that had lived in Ventura County, California, and it was just that kind of book. You put pictures together; it's almost like putting flesh to the bones of that person, and that person was older. That when they passed on, there would actually, he, the person actually the personality of that person would still live on through that legacy book. You can actually make your own legacy books, journalizing as you as you've indicated. And I love old people. I love their stories. I just love the value that they they brought to society when they were were active in society. But they still have a whole lot of value now. Just for fun, I go play puzzle with. There always always is a puzzle out at the assisted living facility that's just about two blocks away from my home, and I just walk in and I visit with those people. Play, sit down, play puzzle with them, ask them a little bit about their life, and it's just a fun activity. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Uh, the, more, more and more people need to do that. And I, I could, Ketana, I appreciate you coming here because you're talking with a couple of really old people. Uh, since you're, you're like 24. Or, <laughs> yeah. you, had your 14, you had your daughter when you were 10, and no. I, um, but it's, yeah. it's, it's great fun. As a matter of fact, you know, speaking of legacies, I interviewed my dad four months uh, on on videotape, four months before he passed away in in 2004. And uh, then because of what I did, was doing with the radio, I edited it. And then I took a 10-minute snippet of it and played it over the loudspeakers at his memorial service. Hmm. So people could get a snippet of his life in his own voice. Oh, that's awesome. There was, wasn't a dry eye in the house. So anything that you can do to, to maintain the legacy of people moving forward, people are gone. Wait, do you know 
this is a personal personal thing of mine. Do you know that there are people wandering around um, that are like in their 30s and 40s who have no idea who Bob Hope was? Or have no idea who Bing Crosby was or John Wayne or, well, I know John Wayne because they've seen some of his movies probably. But, but, you know, people tend to forget. So we need to keep people in. That's how we can advance society is if we can all keep our legacies alive and keep moving them forward. Mm. Yeah. So. I love Bob Pope. I met him one, one time. So. Oh, did you really? Very nice guy. Yeah. You know, it's interesting about that. The legacy interview I did with a guy, he was, his his dad said, he's really interesting. And he, I talked to his dad and said, your son says you're really interesting. And he says, no, 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 I'm not. I'm just old. And I'm, you know, and, and so I did an interview with him. He was on George Patton's staff as the Third Army raced across Europe to save us from Hitler. Wow. Wow. And then he went to Hollywood and he worked with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. And so, yet his life was empty and meaningless. It's like, no, sir, you added a great deal to us. And, and we all do. And we all need to be celebrated for that. And I think that that's the whole key of this, Kevin, is that we want to point out what are the, what are the value of that person? And everybody get in that mode of what's the value of that person and I love the, the word namaste that a lot of yoga teachers say after, after the class is namaste. And it doesn't mean, hey, y'all, class is over. It has a special meaning that the interpretation, it's a Sanskrit dialect in northern India, but the interpretation from the Hindu version is the God in me sees the God in you or the divine in me sees the divine in you. And I think if we get to that point in our lives that we're watching for what's the, the light of other people, what's divine about other people, that we're really going to have a whole lot better society of just just going to be a better place to live. Thank you for that. What do you think of that, Kaitana? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Namaste, one of my favorite words, too. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, Paul, we've got to wrap this up, but I want to give you an opportunity to tell anybody. Well, first of all, uh, are we are we good, Miss Tana? Do we, anything else you'd like to add? Yes, I wanted to um, um, ask one more question before you go, um, and uh, this one is: uh, What challenges are gonna arise in relationship when partners have different primary love languages, and how they can address that? Say that again. What challenges? Couples. Um, but just kind of rise in relationship with partners have different love languages. I think that the challenge is, is the huge challenge is obviously communication. I think this, the rolling the cube actually irons that out because both people in the relationship are learning all five love languages so that it be by giving it away. And when they do that, they get have their vision improves to be able to see it when it's coming their way. Now, it's just, it just it's going to be really helpful in that way. That kind of eliminates that particular challenge. Other challenges I, I see that, what if you have are having a hard time detecting what they're sending? And I think that that still is, can be resolved by continued use. I've, I've had this die copyrighted or the, the cube copyrighted for um, since 2017. I still roll it every single day. And I, I usually keep it in my pocket. If I've forgotten what I've rolled, I may just have to roll again. Or if I've forgotten to roll for the day, then I'll, I'll have it right in my pocket or you know, for a woman to carry it in your purse or, or man man bag, whatever, you, whatever you're carrying, I just keep it in my pocket and then just roll it. It also becomes a great conversation piece like that. And I think that if if the couple would do that, they would really overcome a lot of challenges by just trying to implement, just doing this. This is there's a little bit of a learning curve. There's going to be a little bit of discomfort, getting over that hill a little bit for doing the love languages that you're not familiar with and those that you don't particularly like giving away. You get over that within a 30-day period. You'll get over that so that you feel more comfortable about that 
And I think that's going to iron out a lot of those challenges that you're talking about, Ketana. Because it takes about 30 days to change a behavior. Yeah. Uh, this will get you a new habit. Absolutely. So that's awesome. Paul, anything that you'd like to add before we go? Just have one final quote that I love. It's from uh, the music and, and the sound of music. It's an old classic movie when Rolf is on the ground and he's singing to the Van, Von Trapp girl up in the window on the second story of the house. And, it, and one of the part of the lyrics say, love in the heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love unless it's given away. That is profound. And uh, and that that <laughs> when you said an old movie, I said, ah, come on, it isn't that uh, 1960. So it's, it's, gosh, it's 60 years old. So in any event, Paul Zoman has been our guest. And go to his website, which is www.rolloflove.com. And he's got a special on um, the book, the, the um, journal, and the cubes for $29.95, so go there and buy them from him, and give them, spread them to your, spread a little, spread a little love to your entire family. I think it will really do you good. And Paul, thank you so much for being here. One last thing before we go, anything you'd like to add? I think I'm good with that, Kevin. Thank you very much. It's just been a pleasure to be with you. Pleasure to meet you, Ketana, and be with you, answer your questions today. It's always a pleasure to be with you. And you pronounced her name correctly at the first time. Yeah. I've, had, I've had like 16 years and they still can't get it right, which is why I call her Tana. Yeah, I know. Paul got it right every single time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, yeah. And Ketana, thank you so much for being here. You 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 dress up the set very nicely and you've got a thank lot to you. add. Thank you've got a lot to add. I appreciate it. So with that, if everybody waits right there, and I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other.